Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. It's episode 237, and this week we're talking about how to stay sane as a couple on the road. I'm not sure if we're really qualified to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, we're a couple, but sanity... Sanity is, uh, yes, undecided. (laughs) We're relatively sane, and we've been traveling for over six years, so you can trust us. (laughs) (laughs) Great sell, great sell. Well, we have not been up to much this week. We've had no friends come and stay. We haven't uh, gone on any massive road trips, but we have been enjoying ourselves, uh, eating out a few times, exploring some of the tapas bars around here. And uh, We discovered those two beaches and yes. the obelisks on the other side of the, um, the isthmus from where we live. We'd done the huge walk around the, uh, the beaches, the coast, but we'd somehow missed a section of about, I don't know, 200, 300 metres. And there are obelisks there, and the little mini Stonehenge-type thing. It was really cool. Yeah, it's... And Sculpt Garden. Yeah. All yeah, lo- lots to see there in this small area. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's only about a, a kilometre square, maybe one and a half kilometres square that we missed, but that includes two beaches and a sculpture garden. <laughs> so... It was quite impressive. Yeah. And Craig went for his first swim. Yeah, that's I right. didn't, and I think that was the right choice. <laughs> the water was so amazingly clear, but so amazingly cold. After I kind of ran into the water and dived in, my body went into that kind of shock reaction uh-huh. where it just stops and starts shaking. I was like, huh. <laughs> and it was a really nice day. We got up to 32 degrees this week. I think that was the next day. I think the day you went swimming was about 27, 28. But it was absolutely beautiful. I remember that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights slash hostels and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. If you're shopping online, please go to IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon and click through and you can buy anything you want and we get a small commission. So we really like it when you do that. Or you get a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash audiobook. Or buy one of our many wonderful, fantastic books at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books. Yeah, you can also pick up The Art of Couples Travel, a book we wrote especially for those couples who are beginning to think about traveling or in the planning stages or are having some difficulties while they travel. So today we're talking about how to stay sane as a couple on the road. Because, well... We're a couple on the road, and we've seen lots of other couples not do so well. I mean, sometimes people do go a bit crazy when they're traveling. Yeah, it does happen. And although we're focusing on couples, I think there'll be plenty of good tidbits for uh, people that travel with friends or with their families, or just traveling solo and having to relate with the other people they meet along the way in this show. So Definitely. Should be good. So how to say sane on the road full stop? with a slight slant towards couples well I think tiredness and decision making uh, and decision making in unusual situations where your normal options aren't there and your normal decision making process doesn't work I reckon that's one of the main areas of communication breakdown and and meltdown um, definitely you're just too tired to make a decision and you're expecting the other person to make a decision and they can't because they're in the same place as you and no decision gets made or a really bad decision gets made. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it's just there's there's no way to win because mm. you're both exhausted. There's no good option that you'd like. That's often the problem. Mm. If there's a if there's an option that you'd actually like to take, it's not that difficult. But quite often there's no option that you want to take. It's yeah. uh, choosing a, a room, for example, is a classic one if you're exhausted and coming into a place for the first time 
and the place that you saw that was in your budget is filthy and horrible and you don't want to be there and the other budget place that you researched is another hour or 45 minutes across town so you don't want to go all the way over there but then the other places nearby that are nice and you'd like to stay in are well over your accommodation budget and there's just no way to win no because you need to sleep (laughs) you've got to choose one of those three options and they all suck. Yeah, and so that's uh, that's a good reason. Well, not a good reason to go insane, but that's one of the things that we've found ourselves in time and time again, and, and one of those reasons that people go crazy. What else? Another reason is unmet expectations. Oh, yeah. So either the place or the experience doesn't match your fantasy, like Paris. Everyone has this great idea of what Paris is like, and you get that it is not like that. And... I don't know, I think you get there and you're disappointed and you might take it out on your, on your partner because it's their fault that Paris isn't like what you expected. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And unmet expectations in other ways as well. Like the, the reason we all travel is to discover new mm-hmm. things and, and we all have a, a certain fantasy about what the experiences are going to be like and what we're going to do and, and then... Maybe you might not find that, and yeah. you might find that travel isn't like your fantasy, and it isn't, you know, it's certainly not going to be like the movies that you watch. And so if if that's what you're basing everything on, then you're, you're going to be of, disappointed and yeah, sad, and you, it's going to be hard. Yeah. yeah. Another reason that couples go a bit crazy is because they're actually spending time together. <laughs> it's true. I mean, so many couples don't actually spend much time together. They get up in the morning, they go to work, they come home, they have their hobbies, and they spend, you know, maybe a couple of hours together watching TV for, in the evenings and weekend day. Yeah. And other than that, not that much time. Then all of a sudden, for two weeks to two years, you're in each other's pockets all the time. It's um, it's a different world. Yeah, it sure is. And it takes a bit of, of getting used to. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, I guess, tied into that is responsibility around who does what in the relationship. Yeah. Like, quite often... One person takes the responsibility for paying the bills or doing the, the grocery shopping or doing repairs around the house. And and when you're on the road, that those kind of divisions don't quite work out in the same way. And it takes a while to renegotiate. Yeah, you have to rethink it a lot. Yeah. Well, how can you get your relationship ready for long-term travel? It's, I think that's a big thing. You've got to get ready before you go. Yeah. Don't just jump into it because... Well, you could, but it will be harder than if you do some preparation beforehand. Well, I'd say the first thing is you both want to get heavily involved in the planning process and you want to have fun with it Mm -hmm. because often uh, one person's desire to go and travel is stronger than the other person's desire to go and travel. And so that that person uh, is more likely to do the work Mm -hmm. of researching, planning, dreaming. And the other person's kind of along for the ride and and interested but not heavily involved. So I'd say that that other person, if you can bring yourself to get heavily involved in the dreaming and the researching and the planning process, you'll both have a lot more fun because if you get involved there, you've got a stronger investment Mm -hmm. and so you're going to get a bigger payback. Yeah, a good way to do that is to have a 
a lunch, go out for lunch, take the guidebooks with you, talk about it, you know, make a discussional event that's fun mm. instead of something that you're kind of dreading talking about. <laughs> yep. That kind of lazy Sunday afternoon feeling for me works perfectly with the sitting with a, a couple of magazines or those kind of coffee table inspirational books and mm -hmm. laptops to kind of dig into details and yeah, just a glass of wine and, and talking and dreaming and, and looking for, for cool experiences. Another thing to think about is that a lot of your time will be spent on emotional highs. So you'll be doing things that are really exciting and great. Just be ready for the low times as well. Because they come, you know, there are going to be lower experiences. Yeah, I think I find that a lot in um, arriving places. Like, the I find the process of transiting, of going to a station or an airport, getting through security, getting to all of that, I find that quite emotionally draining. So often when I arrive somewhere, I already am over it, mm -hmm. you know, because I've spent so much energy just getting on the stupid train. Yeah. Um, when I arrive, I, I don't want to have to work things out. I just want to to already be there and already be set up. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wipe out the first day, uh -huh. like, that that's a write-off i don't, don't want to be there don't want to think about it just want to arrive and and so that you know and we've made that work between us as well because we yeah. know that you're always going to be tired and grumpy when we arrive i tend to take on the responsibility of getting us there yeah so i find the transport and you know whether we're going to take a taxi or a bus or whatever yeah unless we've just been on an overnight bus yeah then at which point you're a write-off there's no <laughs> point and i say you know we're very open about this and like do not expect me to do anything. Here's the information. I don't know. I can't do it. I won't be able to think. Yeah. And then Craig takes over. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard when we're both in that space. Yeah. Because neither of us has the emotional energy to deal with another person, to try and figure out something. So what we do there is we just say, okay, you or I, we'll make the decision and there's, there's no blame. Yeah. Just make the best decision, pay whatever you pay, do yeah. whatever you do, and we'll just yeah. accept it, roll with it. No questions asked, no backtracking, no blame, no nothing. We're just going to do it. And yeah. that way, it, it creates kind of a, a safety net. Mm -hmm. You know the other person's not going to get pissed off with you because of the decision that you make. Yeah, that's another thing, is to get out of the habit of attributing blame. Before mm -hmm. you even start traveling, get out of the habit. Oh, you spent what? You know, I can't believe you did that, and that kind of thing. And accept when things don't work. So if something goes wrong, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's yeah. just one of those things. It doesn't matter whose fault it was. It went wrong, and now it has gone wrong in the past. It is not going to get right again, but that's okay. And you can, you can go with it if you fix it. Yeah, I think you just have to. I mean, catching buses or planes or things like that is the typical thing. Um, you miss a connection, and then... You're upset, you're spending extra money, you're, everything's delayed. It's like, why did you book such a short time between the connections? Yeah. Well, because that was the best decision we could make at the time with the information we had available. Yeah, like, that's our but, trick. But, it was the best decision we could make at the time, and we, we made it. And then we couldn't foresee, or maybe, you know, we did foresee and we still decided to do it, but it was still the best decision we could make. And now we've just got to deal with the situation as it is, make a new plan, and carry on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll need money to travel with, um, but don't sacrifice your time, your energy, and your relationship now for an imaginary future. 
I think that short-term pain for long-term gain works. Yeah. Short-term pain, long-term gain. That's that's good. Yeah, so you, you have less coffees now so that you can have coffee in Italy next year. Yeah. That you, kind of thing. You suck in the corporate job and work the long hours for six months so you can go and travel for a year. But long-term pain for an imaginary future doesn't. If you're like, I'm working this job to get enough money to travel and you've been working in it for three years and you still haven't got a set date to travel, then something's gone wrong somewhere. I think you really need need to to... set finite goals. Mm. So I'm going to work for a year. In that year, I'm going to save this much money, which is this much per month. And then once I've reached so much after eight months, I'm going to buy my tickets and we're going to start traveling sometime between January and March or whatever. Mm. And those can be flexible, but set the goals. And if you can't keep them, then, you know, push them back a little bit, but not forever. Yeah. And it, it works both financially and in terms of getting you out the door and traveling, but it also helps your relationship as well because you've both got a goal and it's close enough to really believe in. Mm. It's not just one day. Yeah. And make sure you discuss this goal together and that you agree on it. Yeah. Because if one of you has made the goal and the other one hasn't really invested in it, then they might end up being bitter. Yeah, we find that with Linda setting a goal and then me overspending, or me setting a goal and then it just being too high and impossible. Yeah, you and, do tend to we, do that, don't you, darling? Yeah, yeah. Let's edit six books in one month. It's possible. It's not possible. You just need longer months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It's always about me setting too low budgets and you setting too high work goals. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, let's roll up this section with getting your relationship ready to travel with one last point. We already touched on how you might go from not seeing much of each other and not having much quality time for each other into basically living in each other's pockets, being together 24-7, going sightseeing together, eating together... Um, spending all your days and all your nights together. And that's that's awesome for a, for a while. There's a honeymoon period. And if you're going on a short vacation, you'll probably never get out of that honeymoon period. Mm-hmm. Like one or two weeks, you, you're just going to have a blast the whole time. Um, but then after that, and so we're talking to long-term travelers here, people traveling for a month or longer. Um, yeah, you do hit a wall at some stage. So how can you get ready for this before you go? Well, here's a little trick that I've been thinking about recently. Go on a road trip just for a weekend with no plans. Just get in the car, choose a direction, start driving and learn about it and make your decisions and do all that stuff on the way. So like stop at tourist information offices and pick up stuff as you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just go or show your left or right. Let's go right. Just do all of that and this will help you understand a bit about each other's travel styles a bit more. It'll help you with your communication and expressing what you want or when you don't care. Because mm-hmm. that's a, an important yeah. thing we'll talk about a bit later and um, when we talk about negotiating. But yeah, it's it's there's a lot of stuff you can learn about each other, each other's travel styles, each other's communication styles when you have no plan mm-hmm. and you're just going somewhere. 
it's useful. Yeah, for sure. I think another thing that you need to do before you go is think about expectations. One of the biggest reasons for unhappiness or displeasure on the road is unmet expectations. So when you imagine a place is going to be a certain way, and when you imagine an experience is going to be a certain way, and you realize that it isn't the fantasy you had in your mind, and you feel disappointed, well, that's not a very nice feeling. And it's even worse if it's your partner as well. You expect your partner to react in a certain way to things, and then suddenly they react, I don't know, they're being snarky, or they're, they're loving something that you hate. Who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that vital question. That works in several ways, I guess. I mean, there's stuff that Linda's loved and been falling head over heels in love with her place. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's nothing special. I wouldn't, you know, like I wouldn't want to leave early, but I wouldn't want to extend my time there. I wouldn't mind coming back, but I wouldn't go out of my way to do it. And so that creates a, a dissonance, mm-hmm. right? Where, where was I like that? Um, Ljubljana, for example, in Slovenia, you really enjoyed it and you yeah, know, cool. you were having a lot of fun and I was just like, yeah, it's okay. I'd come back. I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind, but I wouldn't really notice that much. I think um, on the Camino recently going through Merida, mm-hmm. you had a very strong connection with Merida and with our few hours there. And to me, it was it was another place. It was pretty. It looked nice. I think but I had it, a much better it, experience in the Camino than you in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's there's times when that dissonance create is created. Mm-hmm. If you want to be prepared for your reaction and the reactions of your partner, and the confrontation of your own expectations on the road. Make sure to talk about it before you go. Discuss what you might expect of places before you leave. Um, discuss what you're looking forward to, what you think things will be like. And then you can also discuss if you're disappointed or if things aren't quite as you expected. Mm. I guess um, travel media has a lot to, to answer for in terms of setting up expectations. Oh, yeah. like. What we're trying to do and a a couple of other travel bloggers and even a few smaller professional publications are trying to do is is strip away the sales language. Mm -hmm. Like go, this is a great place because, but not try and convince you it's the best place in the world. But of course the entire PR machine and every travel story you read in pretty much every newspaper is, is trying to convince you to go somewhere. Yeah. And, so it's um, going to show you the, the shiny, pretty, lovely, wonderful side of things. Yeah. And then you get there and it's it's normal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there might be the amazing architecture, the cultural experience, the, the things that were, were described are there. But but mostly it, it's just every normal people going about their daily lives. Yeah. Going yeah. to the supermarket, going to the park, yeah. you know, whatever. And if you go somewhere super popular, like Venice in the summer season, like the canals stink because yeah. they're overheated and all the algae and everything that grows in there is is in full bloom and there's so many tourists there that you can't move. And you You're can't not going to read there. about that. <laughs> no. You know, you're just not. So definitely reading about and more importantly talking about your expectations is the key to, well, deepening your experience of the place as a couple and having a good time. I think just talking is the the major key. Our next point is negotiation. Negotiation is so important in a relationship, when you're traveling, all the time. Just 
really important. One of the most valuable things that we learned early in life is that everything's negotiable. Mm -hmm. You can change your mind, talk about and, and renegotiate pretty much anything and everything. And so while it's normal for you to have different opinions on where you want to go or what you want to do, you can negotiate your way around it and find a win-win almost all of the time. Definitely. Or agree for a, a win now, for a, a loss later, if there are two completely completely opposed things that, that you're looking at. Yeah. I mean, solo travelers do have an advantage over couples. In, the, in, in this area. <laughs> in this area. Yeah. But even if you were traveling solo, there still wouldn't be enough time or money in the world for you to do everything you wanted. So you'd have to negotiate with yourself. So you just have to externalize it <laughs> yep. and negotiate with, you know, your other half and, and work it out. I think negotiation plays a ma major part in all travel plans, whether you're alone or with a couple or with a... Yeah, well, I mean, you're, you're balancing your, your time and your money and the stuff you want to do and the places you want to see. And so you're always... You're always negotiating. You're always balancing it all, yeah. Well, we really get into this in the art of couples travel, but I think the thing that we've found most useful is using I a lot. This is something we learned. We went to pre-marriage counseling before we got married, and this was the thing we took away, was to communicate, to negotiate, and to say I. Mm. So instead of saying, hey, Craig, do you want to go and get me an ice cream from the fridge? To which the answer is normally no. <laughs> I don't want to do that. But that's just normal language. It's what people say, but it's not very honest. Because what I really want to say is, I want you to go and get me an ice cream. So we've, we've kind of changed it. Now we say, hey, Craig, will you? Because it's asking whether he will or not. Hmm. And it's the same as saying, I'd like you to. Yeah, sure. But you, yeah, using that I takes away the, I don't know, the, the secret questions within questions. Yeah. The, the best example I ever think of is about going to the movies. Hmm. Do you want to like, go to the movies? Asking, do you want to go to the movies is different from asking... I want, to go, I to, want to go to the movie. Will you go with me? Yeah. Um, th those are two different questions. Because if Linda says to me, do you want to go to the movies? I'll often say, no, not really. But, but if well, I want if to go to the, the movies questions... and I say, I'd be quite keen to go to the movies. Can we go tonight or tomorrow night? Then it's a different question altogether. It is. It is. And it, it's more, I guess, honest, as you said before, but it sets a better... Uh, a better platform for negotiation. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I understand what's on the table. I understand that you want to do it, and I can choose to, to come along, and, and we can choose to do it together, mm -hmm. or not. Whereas if it's, do you want to, you're asking... About your personal preferences. Yeah. And, it's quite different. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, good negotiation should ensure that both of you get what you want... Most of the time. Yeah. But you need to say what you want. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. So many couples we see don't. That usually the woman expects the guy to know what she wants. She is not, he's never going to know what you want unless you tell him. It's the spontaneity misbelief. It is. And I really hate it. It's this <laughs> idea that if he really loved me, he'd know what I wanted. He doesn't know what you want. If he really loves you, he will listen to you when you say what you want and then do that thing. That's that's real love. <laughs> yeah. Mind I reading, was... it just doesn't really, doesn't uh, really come into the equation. <laughs> no, not really. 
Um, I'm a reminder of the the Julian Julian Julia Julian yeah. Julie. I can't remember what Julian Julia Julian Julia movie we watched last night. Um, and the two stories kind of parallel Julia Childs and a, a modern day New Yorker called Julie. And yeah, both of them had partners that were very supportive of what they did, but both of them had kind of communication problems around it and it was interesting seeing the parallels in their life and seeing how one couple communicated more clearly what they wanted and more explicitly what they wanted and what they'd do if it went wrong Mm -hmm. and the modern couple didn't communicate explicitly and ended up having arguments (laughs) and and meltdowns and, and all sorts and so that's what you want to avoid by communicating explicitly like I want to do this can we mm-hmm. um, you you skip out the passive aggressive phase yeah. of oh I want to do this but you know but we, didn't. we didn't and then but you never told me you wanted to do that but I hinted generally by leaving out a magazine article on the on the bench in fact and you should think about this before you even talk about what you and your partner want to do think about what you really want to do and then come to the conversation with two or three things that are quite important for you to do on the trip. Yeah. And then work them in. Yeah, I mean, we did a podcast a while ago about travel planning for couples, and we cover it in depth in the book. But, uh, yeah, it's it's good to have an idea of what you want to do and a couple of, of must-dos. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's stuff that you've been dreaming about all of your life, then make sure you go and do it. Yeah. Like, that's out. really important. And so you can negotiate around around that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think communication is the number one thing. If you're going to be traveling with someone, work on your communication before you start traveling and then use those skills while you're on the road. Mm. And, well, sometimes it's going to go wrong. If it's your fault, don't be afraid to say I'm sorry. And if, it's, if you're hearing the apology, don't be afraid to say that's okay and just let it go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, letting it go and moving on is is vital, yeah. I think. Talking about something else that's vital is you need to make time for for you and you need to make time for your relationship, you together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, often when you're traveling, especially on a budget, um, you might be staying in hostels or couch surfing. Uh, you might be on a part of a group or on tours for part of the time. You need to make sure that you've got time for yourselves mm-hmm. and that's both you individually and you as a couple. Yeah. So maybe book a private room, maybe book a day where you do absolutely nothing. So stop the travel mm. and don't feel bad about it. Don't feel that you have to be on, on the go all the time. Book a private room, stay in, Yeah. go to the supermarket, buy lots of food. Like we did that day on the Camino. We, we walked for 10 kilometers. We got our room, we went to the supermarket. We just stayed in all day and it was magic. Yeah. Watch some crappy movies on your uh, on your laptop, or listen to music, play a board game, read a book. Yeah. Just just take time out. Take time out. Yeah, we we do a thing called Virtual Sunday, which might happen any day of the week, but when we're feeling things creep up on us and we're getting tired and we're not really enjoying the places we're going to see, we'll do just that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual Sunday. Don't get out of bed before ten. Lie in, do nothing. You know, just eat, drink, relax. I be antisocial. Sometimes Linda is social or antisocial, depending on how she feels. But we just make time for for nothingness, for rest. Um, That's good. It's important. Mm. 
also on the same kind of vein, you need time for yourself to be not with your partner. Mm. And I mean, you might be in the same room, but you need to just kind of switch off from the relationship for a bit. So maybe find a hobby or do something that's just you, maybe reading a book, maybe you write in your diary, but find something that you can do alone. It could be a sport, you could go for a run, it could be something, whatever it is, but just take some time for yourself. Mm. And thinking about, I mean, you just mentioned running, like keeping up exercise of some sort is pretty important. It changes the way your your blood chemistry works, it changes the chemicals that are in there, and mm. it changes the way you feel. Yeah, we so, found that going for a walk after lunch has been really, really good for us, mm. for our sanity and for our relationship. <laughs> yep. Because we'll have lunch... And we'll have been working all morning, and then we've kind of got that that closed-in feeling, almost claustrophobia, where you, your brain starts to go fuzzy because you've been working so hard. And we go outside, and you walk out into the sunshine, and it's just, oh, yeah. it kind of goes. Yeah, yeah. We we go and explore, and yeah, it's a time to to be refreshed and and just to hang out together. Yeah, we can talk about things and and not not stress so much. We want, we might talk about work, but mm. we're not working. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So the final point that I'd like to make in this show is don't expect failure. I mean, some of the stuff we've talked about today has been about the the hard points. Hopefully we've touched on the high points enough to, to let you know that traveling together is actually really good fun it's and really awesome. enjoyable. Um, but, you know, the, the point of the podcast is to, to help you have the most fun and help mm-hmm. you actually get out and travel. That's why we're... We're sitting here doing this. So even though we've touched on all of that, don't expect failure. Expect things to be amazing. Yeah, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're not much for the visualize what you want and the universe will bring it to you regime. But we do believe that your attitude does a lot to change your perception of a place. So if you go into something thinking that it's going to be awesome, you can have a great time. Well, you've just increased your chances of it being awesome Mm. and you having a great time. Absolutely. I mean, why sabotage something before you even begin doing it? If you expect it to be horrible, then it most likely will because your brain will filter all of the experiences you have through the horrible filter. Yeah. Um, If you expect things to to be good and to have fun, then most of the time you will. And those times when it is hard or slow or rough, you can use the advice in this show and uh, and across the Indie Travel Podcast site and community to, to help you out. Yeah. I mean, things don't always work out, but uh, with a bit of flexibility, resilience, and communication, which is pretty much what we've been talking about in the show, yeah. things will be great. So, yeah. Yeah, just... or, or at least not suck. If you want to meet some other travellers, or if you've got questions about what we've talked about today or anything to do with travel, um, come and join us, IndieTravelPodcast.com slash forums. We're there every day. Um, you can get a free community account and join in the discussion. And we really should mention the Art of Couples travel book that we wrote along with Jess and Danny from Globetrotter Girls. You can pick up a copy from IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books or Amazon.com. But don't forget to go to IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon before you go there so that we get our commission. <laughs> it's not roundabout at all, honestly. <laughs> um, and you can also visit indietravelpodcast.com slash flights slash hostels slash tours and insurance when you're booking your travel online. We appreciate it, and it means we can keep producing the show. And for some non-monetary ways of helping us out, tell all your friends about the Indie Travel Podcast. Invite them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash indietravel, or leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. Awesome. Always great speaking with you. That's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.